On the moonless highway, a thundering convoy of 18-wheelers barreled up out of nowhere and surrounded my compact rental, threatening to crush it between their hurtling wheels. My teeth vibrated to the roar of diesel engines. Trapped at 80 miles an hour, I gripped the steering wheel and held on tight. It was probably crazy to try to make it all the way from Nebraska in one go, but after two days of rehashing the second worst chapter in my life, I had to get home. Or what passed for home these days, Carter Chapman's condominium apartment in Houston, on loan until I got back on my feet. In a colossal moment of bad timing, my phone lit. Risking death by trailer truck, I slid my focus to the caller ID. Condo. Only two people could possibly be calling from there. A. Carter, my mystery man of a boyfriend. Or B. Gertrude Gold, my former secretary. She'd been staying with me while they tended her house for termites. The semis heaved around me like freight trains. I held my breath and squeezed the little car, a Ford Frito or Ferret or something like that, through a narrow gap and into the right-hand lane. A rolling stockyard rocketed past my headlights. As it sped by, its cargo of hapless cattle raked their startled eyes through slits in the trailer's corrugated wall. The dashboard clock read 4.59 a.m., a weird hour for Gertie to be calling. Most likely it was Carter, returned from wherever he disappeared to, and on his way back to the city, or at least to his ranch outside of town. Even so, 5 a.m., the convoy moved on. Safe on the shoulder, I pressed the connect button. Hello? Hold on, Samantha. I... Not Carter, though I could barely hear Gertie's voice above a piercing yowl that cut through the earpiece. Gertie? What's happening? Sorry for the hour, dear, but I'm at my wit's end. There's a situation here with your neighbor, and, well, I don't want to have to call 911. My neighbor? Which one? Another wail drowned Gertie's answer. I took a guess. Is she thirty-something, brunette, and big-bosomed? Yes. Brandy. Last thing she needs is another drink. It's her name, Brandy. Oh, well, she's a mess. I let her come in for a minute, and now she won't go home. I should have warned Gertie about potential trouble down the hall. Brandy Bain and her husband, Irwin, had marital issues— or alcohol issues, or both as far as I could tell from their middle-of-the-night yelling. Sometimes she ended up on the wrong side of their front door, pounding and begging Irwin to let her in. Whatever the problem was, quiet soon prevailed, so I'd always stayed out of it. But tender-hearted Gertie had likely opened our door to see if she could help, only to be sucked into the drama. Make her drink lots of water. I did, but I think— the roar and hiss from another holler blocked the rest. Say again? Her words came in a whisper. I think she has a bigger problem. There's blood. Blood? Are you sure you shouldn't call 911? She begged me not to, and she doesn't seem to be bleeding now. Besides, Mr. Chapman wouldn't like the intrusion. You know how private he is. He was private, all right enough to run off without saying why or where to or when he'd return. Still, Gertie was his assistant now. Surely she could get a message through. Call him and explain. He'll understand. He's not to be disturbed, unfortunately. 
I shut my eyes and shifted to Plan B for handling a drunken fool. I'd acquired an unfortunate wealth of experience from managing my friend Lista's binges, back when we were college roommates and up to the last day I saw her alive. My mind rewound to the sight of her grieving parents, huddled over her grave only a dozen hours ago. I shook the memory. Can you get Brandy's clothes off and put her in the shower? She was naked when I found her. Naked? It was a shock, believe me. I cleaned her up the best I could. I know you can't do much from Nebraska, but if you have any other ideas... Actually, I'm on the road about an hour away. Call 911. They'll get there quickly. Carter will understand. Just keep her off the furniture, okay? Okay.